0: We're going on a trip in our favorite rocket ship, swimming through the stars, HPCP friends. Climb aboard, get ready to explore, there's so much to find, HPCP friends. Hey, our Space episode was weeks ago. I know, I know, but I couldn't think of a song to kick us off today. How about rolling down the street with my windows down listening to Hey Black Child, the podcast? Nah, my brother, you made that up. Oh, well, let's get into the episode today. We are talking about travel on the road of America, specifically the Green Book. The Negro Motorist Green Book was an annual travel guide for black Americans who wanted to hit the road. It was produced by Victor H. Green from 1936 to 1967 during the Jim Crow era. The book listed safe and safe-ish places for black Americans to eat, sleep, and basically survive. We went on a trip to Tennessee recently, and I overheard Mommy and Daddy talking about safe places to stop. Do you know what they said? I didn't hear them talking. Let's ask Daddy to come in. Daddy! Daddy! We need you! Hey, Daddy, in the car on the way to Gatlinburg. I heard you and Mommy talking about safe places to shop. Did you use a green book?
1: I didn't know you were listening. We don't use green books anymore, but sometimes your gut tells you all you need to know.
0: Your gut as in your stomach? What is going on with your belly? Mine never talks to me.
1: Sure it does. Have you ever had a feeling like there were a thousand butterflies having a party in your stomach? Yes. That is your gut talking to you. And depending on the situation, sometimes it's telling you to be careful. That's what we were talking about. Our safety is important to me, the most important thing.
0: Thanks, Dad. I'm glad our safety is important to you. All right, back to the Green Book. Segregation was widespread, not just in the South, but throughout the country. Black travelers often faced the humiliation of being turned away from businesses, but also had to think about the threat of racism and violence.
1: Have you ever heard of the term sundown towns?
0: Nope. What's that?
1: A sundown town is a place where the presence of black people was banned after nighttime, after the sun went down.
0: Oh, okay, that explains why many families packed blankets and pillows, extra food, food, drinks, and gasoline. As well as portable toilets to stay safe. Do they still exist?
1: Well, eh, not really, but that'll be for another episode. But back to Jackson's point. Yep, to stay safe. They never knew if they could find the basic travel essentials. Mom told me something about lunchbox lunches recently. Let's get her in here to talk about them.
2: Mommy! Hello, Avery and Jackson and Daddy. Were you all having a party without me? Podcast Podcast party!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ain't no party like a podcast party, because a podcast party don't stop.
2: Well, thanks for inviting me late. How can I help you?
1: Tell them about the shoebox lunches.
2: Oh, I'm glad you remembered that. Of course. But let me tell you a little bit about the 1964 Civil Rights Act and when it became the law of the land.
0: Hold up. Are you talking about the Civil Rights Act of 1964 that makes it illegal to discriminate on the basis of race, color, religion, sex,
2: or national origin? Yes, Avery, that's the one. You've been listening. One function of the bill was to eliminate overt racism while traveling by making segregation on the grounds of race, religion, or national origin banned in all public places, including courthouses, parks, restaurants, theaters, sport arenas, and hotels. Yet even after the bill went into effect, restaurants found new ways and other establishments found new ways to discriminate against black travelers. So they would pack their food up in coolers or lunch boxes or shoe boxes to avoid the embarrassment.
0: That was smart of them, but they should not have to do that.
2: Bingo, Avery! But they were prepared. When it was time to eat, they had what they needed. If a family was traveling together, they would pack a large makeshift cooler, but individuals who had to take the train or bus used shoe boxes, which is where the name came from. Normally, each box or in the cooler would have something like fried chicken, cold fried chicken, that is, ham sandwiches, bread, fruit dessert, food to fill them up for their trip, and sometimes serve as breakfast, lunch, and dinner.
0: Things are so different now. We just pull into a drive through
2: They are different, but 1964 was not that long ago.
0: Thanks, Mom. Let's get back to the Green Book again.
2: Good. I'm going to share a few things. So Mr. Green and his wife needed to travel from Richmond, Virginia to their home in Harlem. And during this travel is where he realized the need for the Negro Motorist Green Book. So in 1936, he created a 15 page guide that listed travel related businesses in the metropolitan New York City and welcome African-American customers. To compile the listing, he drew on his own, first-hand experiences, as well as recommendations from other fellow postal workers, because he was a postal worker.
0: I heard he found a model for his publication in the Guides for Jewish Travelers that appeared in Jewish newspapers. By 1940, the Green Book had more than tripled in length, and by 1947, it contained more than 80 pages. It included 50 states as well as listing for Canada, the Caribbean, Latin America, Europe, and Africa. In his introduction to the 1948 edition of the Guide, Mr. Green wrote, There will be a day, sometime in the near future, when this guide will not have to be published, that is when we as a race will have an equal opportunity and privileges in the United States. It will be a great day for us to suspend this publication, for then we can go wherever we please and without embarrassment. Mr. Green died in nineteen sixty, four years before the passage of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. The Green Book stopped publication in 1967. Now it is time for your pop, pop quiz. Pop quiz. Who wrote the Green Book? First and last name. I hope you said Victor Green. That's correct. All right, I have one. What act or bill was supposed to help with racism while traveling? Bonus points if you name the year. I hope you said the Civil Rights Act of 1964. All right, last question. Why did black Americans have to pack lunches in shoeboxes or coolers when they traveled? There are several correct answers. Safety, check. Embarrassment, check. Or Jim Crow laws, check. You would be correct. I am so happy things have changed. But we still have work to do. And with that, season three is in the books. We want to thank everybody who joined our squad this season. We could not do this without your support. Our guests and everyone that submitted HBCP moments. We also want to give a huge shout-out to our episode sponsor of the season, Prominent Positioning, mixing faith and action to help you, young adults, and young at heart achieve spiritual, professional, and emotional goals. You can find their link on our website along with other companies that are a part of our squad. That's a good place to stop, HPCP friends. Thanks for listening. If you want to support what we do, then share, subscribe, and follow us at Instagram at Hey underscore Black underscore Child underscore Podcast. You can also join our squad. Don't forget, you can check out our website for additional resources. This episode has some great resources for traveling. You can also text 513-445-2232 to share feedback or show suggestions. That's all for now, but we'll see you on the next season of Hey Black Child!